In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab time right to now on a Wednesday. Normally we do these on Tuesdays, but John Harris, I'm Drew Doherty, as you know, and we normally do these on Tuesdays, like I said, but we had OTAs yesterday. Right smack dab in the middle of our normal in the lab talking time. So let's do it today on a Wednesday. Cool. I like that. Let's do it. And for the first time in a long time, it looks like on paper, knocking on wood, the Texans have a really good offensive line, and the offensive line will be the strength of this team. There have been question marks about it for the last decade, chunks of the offensive line. Now you've had a great left tackle for the most part in Laramie Tunsil. And before him, you had Dwayne Brown. But there was a stretch in there where you were kind of had to, having to juggle some things. Cool. There was a stretch in there uh, where the interior of the offensive line had some question marks and had some, some flaws. As a fist, you know, five fingers and a fist. As a fist, sometimes that fist lacked a bit of punch. But it looks like you've got some thump behind that fist this year. Would you agree? When you heard D'Amico Ryans say that yesterday about – the offensive line being one of the strongest units on a team. I do this with Mark a lot. What's your gut reaction to hearing that? I like that. It's in line with what we've seen and what we think, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, and kind of going off of what you just asked and what I was saying in the preamble, I remember Lovey Smith unprompted to me last year when we were walking onto the practice field at, at training camp, and he was mm-hmm. about to talk to fans. He saw Titus and he saw Laramie walking together, and he said, Drew, that's that's probably the best tackle combo in football. I don't. He's like, I don't think any other team has a combo at tackle that good, mm. and that's saying a lot. Yeah. Now, in between them, there there were some question marks. There were some good play, but you know, I think this year going in, it, it's going to be really really fun to see. And it's it's like he said, it should be a strength of this ball club, and that's what you need. That's what this. Think about the best Texans team ever. I think it's 2011. Yeah. And that had. Easily the best offensive line in franchise history. I think there are a couple things that aren't maybe discussed about the offensive line a lot. I mean, you mentioned one of them, and that's Titus Howard. I think one not often mentioned thing, I'll channel Landry and John, nobody's talking about guy, is the fact that Titus is playing right tackle for the second year in a row, mm-hmm. not moving to a different position. He's not being bounced around. Thank goodness. He's got his fit, footwork. He's got his hand placement, all that kind of stuff. He knows how to do it at right tackle. And he's back at right tackle. I think that is huge to his continued progress. Uh, and well, Johnny's in year five. Yeah, these guys, he's still improving year five. So I think that's massive. The fact that he stays at right tackle, don't move him around, even during OTAs, um, when you know Laramie was not there, Charlie stepped in a left tackle. They didn't move Titus over there. Now they might they might in a game if they have to, but for his continued Im- improvement and growth, leaving him at right tackle huge. Secondly, I don't know that enough has been made about Shaq Mason's impact on this offensive line at mm-hmm. guard. I I am not one of those that thought AJ Can was terrible, horrible. I think they're different kinds of players, sure. AJ Can and Shaq Mason. But I think adding Mason and obviously signed a contract who's going to be here for a little bit. When you put Mason next to Titus, well, you got something there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really do have something there. So I think there's that. Those those two things. I, I don't know that that 
I think part of it for me, I'll be honest, sometimes I forget we traded for Shaq Mason. Yeah. I sometimes forget it because we just haven't seen the team. It was one of the quiet, significant right. moves. Not just by this team, but by any team in, in the sport. Here's the third one. I don't know. A lot has been made of, of, of this move. It kind of happened in concurrence with a, a number of other things that were going on. It was Michael Dieter coming over from Miami, who has got center experience. He's got guard experience. I think more guys that you have on a roster that have got significant playing experience at whatever position. But if you have that versatility to be able to play center or guard, I think the addition of Michael Dieter is going to help this line, whether Dieter starts, whether he's the sixth offensive lineman, whatever the case might be. But I feel like those, those three things, in particular, Titus staying at right tackle, that has been a topic before. Was Titus going to play right tackle? Well, no, he's a left guy. That's been a topic before. Hey, just leave my right tackle. Leave my right tackle. But then once the Texans did it, it's like everybody quit talking about it. Because he's now entrenched. But I think that's going to make him that much better a player. And, oh, by the way, you have arguably the best left tackle in the league over on the other side in Laramie Tunsil, who I think will fit this offense handy glove. Well, you just said something there that's really important. Take all the personnel out of it. This offense, this scheme that you just kind of mentioned, Yeah. how much does it help offensive linemen, especially ones who have been playing in the offense that we've seen around here for the last eight, nine years? I think it helps a lot. I think the addition of Chris Strausser as the offensive line coach is going to help a lot. So you add in all of that, then you throw in the three things in particular that I talked about amongst others. You look at it and D'Amico is probably, he's probably saying that and, you know, he, if he were talking to you and I, he'd probably say the same thing. Hey, look, this is where it was. Hey, we had Chris Strausser as offensive line coach. Now we've added, um, We've now have a scheme that is a little bit more offensive friendly, potentially. It's been very successful with offensive linemen that, you know, like Daniel Brunskill. You know, they took Spencer uh, Buford last year, who's from UTSA, played tackle his whole career at UTSA. They drafted him in the fourth round, stuck him in at guard, played guard, started at guard the whole year. So that was part. Burford was, he should have been drafted a little bit higher. But they took a guy that was a tackle, had never played guard, stuck him in a guard, and the machine kept running. Mm -hmm. And that's what you hope you can get to because you're going to have changes on the offensive line going forward. But if you're preaching a consistent message and the scheme stays relatively consistent, the coaching remains consistent, then everything gets better. If all that stays the same, then everything gets, gets better. And at that point, once everything gets better, then all that raises its game up too. So I, when I heard... D'Amico say that I was in the back kind of nodding like, yeah, I, I think he's right. I think he's right about that. I do think the offensive line could be one of the better units on the team. So I ask you this, is it the best unit right now on paper, on the team? What is it? If it's not the offensive line, I think it's the secondary. Okay. I think it's the defensive yeah. backfield. I, th I think I agree. it's either 1-2 two or 2-1, two, one, right. one of those two, because you've got the third overall pick in Derek Stingley – out at one cornerback spot. And I think we saw really good things from him as a rookie. Right. I think he gets better in year two, no matter the defensive scheme he's in. And I think because he's in this defensive scheme, he's going to be even better right. than maybe he was in the other one. Then you've got a really solid, above-average veteran in Steven Nelson out at the other corner. You still have Desmond King. You still have Tavier Thomas, who did really, really nice things, mm -hmm. uh, both inside and outside last year. And then you add... A guy like Shaquille Griffin, who's got bona fides. He's got pelts on the wall. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's a really, really good addition, really underrated addition. And then 
You've got a developing Jalen Petrie, who was lights out your leader on defense in 2022, mm-hmm. and he's getting better, and he's going to be put in a new position to flourish. And then you add a guy like Jimmy Ward. Yeah, who's been I'm pumped about outstanding, Jimmy Ward. You know, and yeah. he's a leader, and he's doing all. The, I mean, he can play so many different positions, but he's going to play free safety here or safety here. Yeah, and I just, I'm really, I'm really excited about that secondary. I really think that that's going to be a strength of the team, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now I'll ask you this: I'll flip the tables back on you. Oh, hit that if, ball back over the net. If another position group winds up at the end of the season being better than those two, which position group do you think that would be? Running back. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair one. Running back because I I think the top I think the I mean you don't like the you know starters in the offseason all that kind of stuff, but and especially running back because you do have changes, you know, personnel changes and third down backs and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But between Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary now, obviously, health permitting for all of this, but D- Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary are different from one another. And if they're both healthy and one's getting rest while the other one's going out in there toting rock or out on the field, you're going to keep them fresh throughout games. And that'll help you keep them fresh throughout the season. Now, with running backs, we know guys are going to get banged up. I mean, you're carrying, you know, you're getting, you know, how many of our touches in a year? Um, but, you know, let's say between them, I don't know, let's say Damian gets, I don't know, let's say uh, 300. Devin gets, well, let's just say 300, 200. I don't know. Let's, let's go with that. That's a lot of touches amongst backs, but I think that's what you're going to get out of these two. But I think beyond that, somebody's coming out of that group of Dario Gumbawale, Jared Dokes, Xavier Valade. Somebody's coming out of that group to either be hey, one of these guys got hurt, you got to step in that role. Or, hey, we just really love running the football and we want to give six to eight carries to a third back, kind of like San Francisco would do. Mm-hmm. San Francisco would roll out Elijah Mitchell and then they'd put Jeff Wilson in and then they would put uh, Raheem Mostert in the game. They'd all get carries. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, they go with the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was Mostert, sometimes it was. But they would, they would play three backs. So I got a feeling that of those backs, Mike Boone being another one, um, in that group, I think one of those other backs emerges as a pretty, someone you feel confident about behind Singletary and Pierce. So you're saying kind of along the lines of 2011 where you had Arian Foster, Ben Tate. Right. And was it Derek Ward in 11? I think or? it was Derek Ward in 11, yeah. yes. And then the next year you had that same duo at the top, but swap out Ward with Justin, Justin Forsett, who would yeah. wind up. Winning a rushing title a couple years later. I mean, I don't want to say that's the the, the San Francisco Shanahan, yeah. you know, Mike Shanahan before him sort of thing, but I think if you want to run the football, it the the math works. Yeah, the math tells you, yeah, you're going to run it. You want to you want to run it. Say you want to run it 20 times in a game. 17 games. That's 340 carries. Now. Backs, when they get 300 carries and 300, I mean, just say 300 carries because you're going to get touches in, in other ways too. I mean, a back getting 300 carries, that's, that just can't happen. But if you got a back, let's say, let's just take that 20 carries a game, 17 games, 340 carries. Let's say Damian catches, catches 40 passes. If you cut that number, say he carries it 250 times, then you give him another 50 catches, that's 300 touches. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a ton. So where are the other carries going to go? Right. Well, 
one of those guys gets banged up, I'd like to see it go to Singletary because I think he's shown that he can handle that load. But I think you can be a one-two combination, but there's going to come a point in the year where you're like, man, somebody's banged up from that, that duo. Pierce or Singletary's banged up. Which guy steps into that void? That's going to be interesting to watch to me, that third running back job. Tuesday at practice, it was steamy. It was in the 80s, felt like in the 90s. And I look up, and Damian Pierce has on, was it, is it called a baklava or balaclava? But basically he has like a ninja mask where all you yeah, can see yeah, is, yeah. Is, is that cutout around his eyes. Right, I thought right. that was fascinating to see, and I hadn't seen yes. it on a Houston Texan since our good pal Antonio Smith mm-hmm. used to sport that. So I wonder how much more we're going to see of Damian Pierce wearing the ninja hat. I like it. Keep wearing the ninja hat. The why? ninja why hat. Why in the heat, though? Yeah, why not? Why not? That's, that's a real cavalier why not. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have any issue with what guys... Well, I, I don't have that. an issue with it. I'm just wondering how much longer will he do it, and isn't it too hot? I'll put it this way. If you're going to wear something with flair like that, yeah. then you better be pretty good. You can't be out there stinking up the joint, wearing a bunch of towels and wrapping up, you know, spatting up and doing all that kind of stuff. If you're going to go out there and have bits of flair on you, you better be a player. And he's a player. There are some that I can remember that were not players that like to wear their flair. Interesting. Interesting. That's in the lab for another time. Yes. That's an off the air in the lab. But (laughs) we appreciate all of you listening to this. We thank you so much. Have a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. For John, I'm Drew. We'll see you next time.